How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Wow. It shouldn't take this long. It shouldn't take this long. It shouldn't take this long. Welcome to the Weekend Recap with Dave DeFore and Keith Parrish. Every Monday on The Athletic NBA Show. It did the same thing to me that it's intended to do to the world. Ding, ding. I have access to information wow. that the public doesn't. Welcome to the Daily Ding Weekend Update Edition on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Keith Parrish. Coming up, the Bucks just don't stop. The Suns had a pretty up and down weekend. And a couple teams went 2-0, including the Utah Jazz, Keith. I don't know how that happened. Before we start, don't forget, you can get this podcast without ads by subscribing at theathletic.com slash NBA show. First up, the Bucks. 2-0 on the weekend, moved to 9-0 on the season thanks to Giannis Antetokounmpo. He had 26 points, 13 rebounds, and 11 assists in Friday's win over the Wolves. Then he took Saturday night off, Keith, and Brooke Lopez scored 25 to lead the Bucks to a 9-0 record, the best start in franchise history. Uh, they're pretty good. Yeah, I, I think... Us doing our third weekend update of the season. We're three weeks in. They haven't lost yet. That's pretty solid. Brooke Lopez, do we have a comeback player of the year in the NBA? Because he's just reborn and better than ever, and he's scoring the basketball a lot. He's blocking every shot. This team's, like, unbeatable. And then you have, like, the fun, like, a perfect coaching move uh, on Saturday's game, they put in uh, Marjon Bochamp to start. They, they switch up the starting lineup. They move Grayson Allen to the bench. Everything works. Okay, Bochamp has a terrible game statistically. All of a sudden, Grayson Allen gets 19 points on eight shots coming off the bench. But that's just that perfect synergy. When everything's clicking right, you're like, you know what? Let's move some pieces around. Unlock Grayson Allen. This team, uh, clearly, I think, the best in the NBA. And it's one of those where, like, why don't we talk about them more? It seems like we should. I mean, they won a title two years ago. Giannis is a proven MVP, and then it's like all of our preseason hype, and then even in the season, we get carried away with other storylines. Meanwhile, the Bucks, like, are they? When, when are they going to lose, Dave? I mean, everyone plays on Monday. Are they going to give us a, a loss on Monday night? Yeah, just because we're talking them up the whole weekend. They've been the, the hot topic, you know, and I think uh, Mo said uh, on Nerda the other day, and, and I think this is accurate, they're the new Spurs. They're the new standard. Maybe Giannis is the new Tim Duncan, and they're just going to do, you know, this 55 to 67 wins every single season until, I don't know, 2035. I, I, how long could they do this? I, I I think that the big thing there, though, is that as good as they've been, they don't even have Chris Middleton back yet. Right. And so what we're looking at, I, I, I feel like this team is locked in, man. This, this is the team that I'm looking at to come out of the East. They have no mess. There are no problems. They have an incredible continuity. The chemistry's there. The defense is is nuts. They have two guys who might be defensive player of the year candidates. It's, that's a special team. And so they are maybe a little bit boring because they're so good. Not boring. The Minnesota Timberwolves, who, who got beat on Friday, they just don't look like a cohesive unit. They're kind of a mess. Well, the Timberwolves... I don't think they're. I don't think they lose anything when Gobert doesn't play. 
I, I don't know. We don't have a large sample size yet. He's obviously, he's entering health and safety protocols. Once again, he was questionable with illness on Friday night. Played, then goes into health and safety protocols. Not the greatest look, but uh, yeah, they, they seem like listless, maybe. Their offense is not good when Carl Anthony Towns and Gobert play together. And, you know, like when one guy's on the court, you have to choose. Would you like offense and no defense? Well, Cat's available. Do you want defense and no offense? Gobert's available. Do you want just to be kind of middling and bad? Play them together. And it's like, man, you traded so much stuff for this guy. And then I'm seeing like the Hawks and DeJounte Murray. And I'm like, man, what if DeJounte Murray was on the Timberwolves and not another big guy? You see, you see Anthony Edwards get a dunk. He finally got his first dunk of the season. The game Gobert doesn't play. And then speaking of these trades, like, you know, Going back to Milwaukee, the trade for Drew Holiday, perfection. They're only giving these late 20s picks to the Pelicans. I mean, imagine if the Pelicans had Drew Holiday. And we're going <laughs> to yeah, get to it in a second. There was another pretty good trade recently. The Cleveland Cavaliers traded a bunch of picks. All those picks are going to be 28th, 29th, or 30th. Like this team, the Cavaliers are awesome. And, uh, no, these teams trading, uh, good job Hawks, good job Cavaliers, good job years ago Bucks. Not a great job, Timberwolves. I'm not excited about the price you paid for an extra center. The guy went, the guy went eight quarters without scoring a bucket. I know he's good at defense, but eight quarters with no points? I mean, well, excuse me, with, with, with no baskets? Uh, like, I don't know if that's really given up. It's worth giving up all this stuff. The Blazers and Suns played, uh, you know, one of these old-fashioned back-to-backs in one town, Keith, over the weekend. And Jeremy Grant hit a game-winner Friday night. That was, he scored 30 points in that game. Blazers win 108-106. And then Saturday night, the Suns beat them by 20. They were like, no, we're not playing around. Of course, uh, Anthony Simons sat out Saturday night. So no Dame, no Anthony Simons, and, and the Suns just dusted the Blazers. Uh, the Suns also got DeAndre Ayton back in Friday night's game, but they lost Cam Johnson to a meniscus injury. He has since had surgery. The timetable for his return is uncertain. I want to start with Cam Johnson because he's been great to start the year. The Suns are the best team in the West right now, uh, not counting Utah. And he has in particular been great stepping into that Jay Crowder role, getting more minutes, his defense has been good. He's been hitting his shots, doing more stuff off the dribble. This is a massive loss because they he was Jay Crowder insurance. They don't have Jay Crowder. Uh, who's Cam Johnson insurance? Yeah, it's it's a great question. I mean, the Jay Crowder aspect of this is very intriguing. And maybe, I don't know if we're going to find out more about this. Like, Jay Crowder basically got upset because everyone else got an extension on his team and he found out he was going to lose his role to a younger guy. That guy's now hurt. There's now an empty role here. He's still on the team. I don't know. Are they? Are, are all the bridges burned? Are the lines of communication down? Um, but Cam Johnson, yeah, the injury, it's devastating. I mean, first of all, uh, Cam Johnson, I got to say, one of my favorite players. I think he is my Danny Green. Like, you have Danny Green. Oh, I he's love the Cam new Johnson. Danny Green. He's I'm the obsessed new Danny with Green. Cam Johnson. Like, I talk about him all the time on Fast Break Breakfast. This, like, this is my, my guy. And so him going down, very devastating. Like, I was randomly looking at all these, like, two-man lineup data things and of all the of all the two-man player combinations that have played 150 minutes so far this season cam johnson's a part of, of the top three in net rating like 
mean, obviously the Suns are good, and he's just this perfect piece. Like him and Mikael Bridges, like they're the ideal complements to the modern NBA game. They're they're lanky, they're long, they're good defenders, and they just drill three pointers. And like Cam's been adding more and more to his game. And like for the Suns to lose him, that is a that is a massive blow. I don't and I don't know exactly how they're able to replicate his minutes. Yeah, I think the confidence that he's been showing to start the year has just been key to the whole thing. Well, let's get back to the the game winner from Jeremy Grant on Friday because it was controversial, Keith. You know, the the NBA, they've they've stepped up the travel calls, they stepped up the carries and all the other minuscule little violations that the offensive players were using to gain an advantage over just well-meaning, hardworking defensive players in the NBA, Keith. And they well, missed a travel <laughs> on a game winner, and this looked like Scooby-Doo. This was, I think this is the nadir of the league's last two-minute report. I mean, we had, we've had we had multiple game winners in the last few days. Tyler Hero, game winner. In real time, definitely looked like a travel. Was, in fact, a travel. The Jeremy Grant, in real time, definitely looked like a travel. Was a travel. That, Sun, that Suns Blazers game with the Jeremy Grant game winner had a missed... They called the travel that was not a travel on the Suns, and then the buzzer beater was, in fact, a travel. I mean, we've talked about this before, Dave. You and I have virtually gotten to the point in our lives where we're ready just to just throw the replay away. Just it's let's just go. play back. Just just play sports. Just play sports. I don't want to have to go to the monitor to find out if I'm happy. Like, just we'll, we'll respond to it. If we miss the call, we miss the call. I mean, the previous Nadir, I think there was a playoff game. I believe it was the Thunder. I can't remember who else. There was this mad scramble at the end of the game, and the last 10-minute report was like eight calls were missed. Uh, like, it was someone stuck the ball out over the the the, the sideline, and then someone hit it, and then there was a th- it was a thing where, where no one actually knew what the rules were. Like, none of the fans knew what the rules were. Anyway, I thought it was a, I thought it was a work of art. I thought it was beautiful. I was like, that's basketball. It was basketball. It was a scramble. We were all lost. It was exciting. One team won. And then you have a, a report come out, and it's like, you know what? These six things could have been called. Just like just like the Trailblazers-Suns game. You're like, oh, there's a defensive three seconds. No one wants more defensive three seconds calls in the final minute of a basketball game. No one cares. And the officials certainly, What's what good is this? Do we feel more confident about, like, Gambling? What's it for? Is it for gambling reasons? Like, why are we spelling out these errors? If you're not going to fix it, if it's the last play of the game and it's a buzzer beater and we don't fix it, like, I don't... I, I, I'm. By the way, I'm not saying we should fix it. I'm saying throw it all in the trash can. I don't care That's anymore. right. Let allow human error to persist. And we used to... When I was growing up, we would argue about missed calls, you know, for days. Let us get back to that. I don't need... Look, perfect is the enemy of good. Let me live in the moment. And let's yeah. just move on. Make that last two-minute report internal only. Use it to make the referees better. Send it to the teams. Let the teams, you know, bicker amongst themselves and, and with the, the referees. But just, you're giving us too much. Well, then I the don't teams are just going to give it to Shams. And we're going to, Shamsharania, athletic exclusive, Jeremy Grant traveled on the final play of the game. Stop me if you've heard this before. A tanking team, Keith, is starting the season off well. Now, usually this doesn't happen. But the Utah Jazz, we assumed they were tanking. They are now 8-3 oh, no. and three after they snagged a couple of wins 
in Los Angeles over the weekend. And, you know, we should have probably seen this coming, Keith, because if you look at their roster, all their guys are NBA players. They're all decent players. And then when you look at the Lakers, and then you look at the way the Clippers have started the season, how some of their key guys have looked, and Kawhi's not been there, we probably should have seen this weekend coming. I got a front review of the Jazz manhandling my Grizzlies in consecutive games. And yeah, Ja didn't play one of the games. Yeah, Desmond Bain didn't play one of the games. But in both of the games, it was like this Jazz team, one through eight, they're solid. And they're giving DNPs to guys who would play on other teams. And like the win over the Clippers on Sunday, like Jared Vanderbilt's not available. They just have more and more bodies to step up against the Grizzlies. There were there were lineups where I'm like, the Jazz, like the Grizzlies have John Morant. I think the Jazz have the next five best players on the court right now. And, it, and it's one of those things where like they're, they're just deep and they have a lot of solid guys. And like this Clippers team, they're bad. I think they're just bad. I don't know why. I thought this Clippers team was going to be like we now describe this Jazz team. We thought it was just deep. We're like, hey, even if... Kawhi Leonard has to miss a bunch of games. They got Batum and Covington. I know Covington's been out, but like they, they have all these guys. They have Norm Powell and like Reggie Jackson and John Wall, and those guys have been bad. And this Clippers team can't score. What is it with the LA teams? LA teams just can't play offense anymore. The Clippers just run no offense, and it, it makes the defense's job much easier. And when the when their grifting is not working, when they're not getting to the free throw line, and, and in, in this game Sunday. Paul George gets to the line seven or, you know, he get eight times. He was five of 14 from three. It was a lot of tired Paul George, dead legs. I'm not even going to try to penetrate unless I'm looking to draw the foul, get to the free throw line, jacking up threes. And when they weren't falling, the Jazz just ran away with it because they kept running their offense. And the Jazz offense, I don't know if you ever watch it, man, it's death by a thousand paper cuts. Guys just keep moving. No, I saw them. They hit 43-pointers against my Grizzlies, Dave. I saw it up close. It was terrible. It was horrible. They never stopped moving the ball and shooting good threes. They kept generating great looks constantly. And then it's like you you look at the Clippers, and maybe they had the best player in the game because Paul George was awesome. And the Jazz actually have no one who can guard Paul George. But it didn't matter because the rest of their depth was just generating better offense, and it just keeps coming. It keeps coming. And they're a fun team to watch, too, which is wild. Like, they're enjoyable to watch. They play well. And the question is, like, how long do they keep? Are they going to are they going to uh, put their thumb on the weight of the scale and, and change the results? Because, like, right now, this is one of the better teams in the Western Conference. Not just on a record. I'm saying, like, how they're playing. They are literally better than the teams that are, they're, they're, they're trailing them in, in the race. Like, you saw the Spurs. Like, the Spurs similarly were playing really, really well the first couple of weeks. They started – some guys missed some games, and they started losing badly. And it's one of those things like, oh, we thought that was going to happen. Still, maybe people think it's going to happen with the Jazz. I hope not because they're solid. And I feel like they're fans, and as a league, as basketball fans, we deserve to see this team play, continue playing as well as they have been. I want to see how far Larry American marketing can carry a team. And I'll be the Mo to kill uh, of this show, and I'll say, give the coach a chance to coach a basketball team. He's doing a wonderful job so far. I've been really impressed with everything they're doing on both ends, and uh, that Walker Kessler guy is going to be a monster defender. I, that he's going to play forever, and he's going to block four shots if, a game some season. If Walker Kessler was drafted in 1981, he would have a 22-year career. That's going to do it for today's show, folks. Thank you guys for listening. For Keith, I'm Dave. 
Keith, let's get out of here. Ding, ding. 